Monday, 14th of November, 2022. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar, Acts 11, 28. The previous verse noted the prophets who had come down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Luke continues that thought now, saying, Then one of them named Agabus. This person, Agabus, is said to be one of the prophets. His name may come from the Hebrew word agav, or love, but it seems more likely it comes from the Hebrew word hagav, meaning a grasshopper or locust. This was considered a clean insect that could be eaten by the Jews, according to Leviticus 11.22. The word is used four more times in the Old Testament to indicate a comparison in size, Numbers 13.33 and Isaiah 40.22. A heavy burden, Ecclesiastes 12.5, and a devourer of the land that has been sent by the Lord, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 13. As for Agabus, Luke next says that he stood up. Rather, it is an aorist participle. It more appropriately reads, having stood up. In other words, Luke sets him apart from the other prophets in order for him to make a prophecy. Agabus, having stood up then, showed by the Spirit. The word translated as showed is a verb that speaks of a sign, semaino. In other words, he signified by the Spirit. He gave a word that was to be taken as a sign that something would come to pass. This coming event was that there was going to be a great famine. The reason for reporting this now will be seen in the coming verses. But other reasons which go unstated are that the New Covenant Church, not Israel under the law, is given the word by the Spirit. It also shows that the famine which is coming could be prepared for by the church, both spiritually and physically, so that it will be able to continue and flourish. As for the famine itself, it is next said to be coming throughout all the world. The Greek word epi or upon is used. The famine will come upon all the world. In saying world, it is to be understood that this is referring to the known world, meaning the Roman Empire at this time. As Sauter states, it is, quote, the land that is being inhabited, the land in a state of habitation, the inhabited world, that is, the Roman world, Orbis Terrarum, for all outside it was regarded as of no account, end quote. Sauter's evaluation of this is further confirmed by the next words which say, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Claudius Caesar ruled over the Roman Empire, hence the focus is on that part of the world at large. The prophesied famine could be an isolated one and yet still be a fulfilment of this prophecy because a lack in one area of the empire would cause a disruption over the entire empire. This is something that occurs throughout the world today. One nation may have a time of famine, which then extends out even to countries that are not facing a famine because the supply lines of other things have become disrupted. Despite this, Albert Barnes gives a highly detailed explanation of four famines that came upon the Roman Empire during the reign of Claudius. Quote, in the days of Claudius Caesar, the Roman Emperor, he began his reign in 41 AD and he reigned for 13 years. 
he was at last poisoned by one of his wives, Agrippina, who wished to raise her son Nero to the throne. During his reign, no less than four different famines are mentioned by ancient writers, one of which was particularly severe in Judea, and was the one, doubtless to which, the sacred writer here refers. First Famine The first happened at Rome, and occurred in the first or second year of the reign of Claudius. It arose from the difficulties of importing provisions from abroad. It is mentioned by Dio, whose words are these. There being a great famine, he, Claudius, not only took care for a present supply, but provided also for the time to come. He then proceeds to state the great expense which Claudius was at in making a good port at the mouth of the Tiber, and a convenient passage from thence up to the city. A second famine is mentioned having been particularly severe in Greece. Of this famine, Eusebius speaks in his Chronicon, page 24. There was a great famine in Greece, in which a modius of wheat, about half a bushel, was sold for six drachmas. This famine is said by Eusebius to have occurred in the ninth year of the reign of Claudius. A third famine. In the latter part of his reign, 51 AD, there was another famine at Rome mentioned by Suetonius and by Tacitus. Of this, Tacitus says that it was so severe that it was deemed to be a divine judgment. A fourth famine is mentioned as having occurred particularly in Judea. This is described by Josephus. A famine, says he, did oppress them at the time, in the time of Claudius, and many people died for the lack of what was necessary to procure food withal. Queen Helena sent some of her servants to Alexandria with money to buy a great quantity of grain, and others of them to Cyprus to bring a cargo of dried figs. This famine is described as having continued under the two procurators of Judea, Tiberius Alexander and Cassius Fadus. Fadus was sent into Judea on the death of Agrippa about the fourth year of the reign of Claudius, and the famine therefore continued probably during the 5th, 6th and 7th years of the reign of Claudius. See the note in Wiston's Josephus, Antiquities, Book 20, Chapter 2, Section 5. Also, Lardner, as quoted above. Of this famine, or of the want consequent on the famine, repeated mention is made in the New Testament. End quote. Life Application Context is the main thing to consider when evaluating a passage. To take an idea out of its intended context will lead to a false understanding, a pretext of what is actually being said. Because of the use of the Greek word translated as world in this verse, one could then say that the Bible is only speaking of the Roman Empire at other times as well. In such an evaluation, all kinds of false ideas about who is to be evangelized the duration of the evangelism of the gospel, and so on, will arise. Paul uses the same term translated as world in Romans 10.18, saying that the gospel has gone out to the ends of the world. Therefore, the logic might be that the words of Jesus about preaching to all nations have been fulfilled. But Paul's point concerns the Jews having heard the word concerning Jesus and why the message would go out to the rest of the world after their national rejection of him. By taking thoughts like this out of their proper context, incredibly bad theology has arisen concerning the sharing of the gospel, or even if there is only one gospel, end times events, and so on. 
There is a job to do. It is to be done over the face of the entire planet and to all people, groups and all nations. And it is inexcusable that people sit on their hands and avoid their responsibilities simply because of such poor interpretation of scripture. Context is king, so keep things in their intended context. Be sure to stay away from any teaching that puts the burden on someone else or some other time frame for the gospel to be shared. It is our responsibility to share the gospel, the one and only gospel, with all people at all times. As for national Israel, they will eventually accept it as well. The book is written and it will come to pass. As for individuals, speak. They need Jesus. Gracious and merciful God, thank you for your wonderfully good news. The gospel that comes through faith in the full, final and forever work of Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise to you forever and ever for what you have done. We are reconciled to you through him. Hallelujah and Amen. One of them was named Agabus. He stood up and spoke with the help of the Holy Spirit. He said, A very hard time is coming to the whole world. There will be no food for people to eat. This happened when Claudius ruled. Acts 11 verse 28